Welcome to Dallas Hoops Game Cast. Following the Mavericks win over the Orlando Magic tonight, 112 to 98, and what was really kind of just a blah kind of game. Uh, both teams had a lot of players out. The Magic missing a lot of players due to injury. The Mavericks had a lot out due to COVID protocol. Plus, they're still without Kristaps Porzingis, so it was kind of an ugly game for the most part. Uh, both teams had stretches where they just couldn't hit any shots. Both teams had stretches where they were hot. And it was just kind of an ugly game. But the Mavericks were able to pull it out. Uh, they were led by Tim Hardaway Jr. tonight with 36 points. Uh, Luka had a triple-double, 20 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. They were helped as well from Trey Burke tonight, who had uh, 29 points uh, off the bench, 7 of 8 from 3, whereas Hardaway was 8 of 13 from 3. And really, Trey Burke and Hardaway are the reason why the Mavericks won the game tonight. With the three starters being out, you saw the way the Magic were guarding Luka. Every time Luka would come off a screen, they would trap him up high up uh, at the top of the key. They basically were deciding at that point what a lot of teams have done this year against the Mavericks. They've, they're doubling Luka off the, the screen and roll, not letting Luka come around the curl. And they're forcing other Mavericks to beat them. They're not going to let Luka beat them. Now, Luka has adjusted well over the last couple of games. Obviously, we, you know, we've seen that against Houston and Denver, uh, where he's had big games. But the Magic were a little bit better at executing that trap. And I think a lot of that's because Aaron Gordon, who's a really good defender, clearly he also never fouls. Um, but he's a really good defender. They were able to trap Luka. Luka made the smart play a lot of times, and thankfully they had guys that were hitting these shots and Tim Hardaway and Trey Burke. Uh, so the Mavericks, again, they win uh, in an ugly game. It got a little sketchy there in the middle of the third where the Magic, you know, they started the, the third quarter really well. Uh, the Mavericks were just missing a lot of shots. And the Magic took, I think, a, a six-point lead at some point there in the third and uh, Luca obviously was frustrated with the lack of foul calls uh, going his way. He wasn't really playing well in the third, had a lot of turnovers, really loose with the handle. Uh, normally, Luca's got really good ball handling skills. He never has anybody rip it or, uh, or he loses it or anything like that. But tonight, he had a couple. He just you know, bounced one off his knee, another one just he went and the ball didn't go with him. And so you saw that in the third. He didn't have a great third. But then Trey Burke came in. And it kind of turned it around for the Mavericks. Their offense kind of exploded. And then Tim Hardaway uh, just had a, a huge second half, him and Trey Burke. And, that again, that's why they, they won the game. I, I thought with the, the officiating with Luka, you know, he, he only had one free throw going into the fourth quarter and really all the way to the, the last three minutes of the game. And I thought that was quite unacceptable. I mean, for a guy that drives it as much as he does, to only have one free throw attempt – uh, at that point of the game is a bit ridiculous. So you saw a little bit of the frustration from Luca, and really there's a lot of times he's he's getting hounded. He's got guys riding on his back. He gets them out of position, and they're all over him, just draped all over him. They're swiping at the ball. There was plenty of times you you could have called a foul, uh, and they just decided not to tonight. And it was frustrating because you would see a, a Magic player drive it, and Collie Stein would be in good position, but the Magic player would you know, go fly in the other direction and they would give him the whistle. And it's just, you would like for Luca to get some of these calls. I know a lot of Mavericks fans are frustrated with the way Luca complains to the officiating. And unfortunately, that's just going to be the way it is for a while with him. You know, LeBron, every time he drives it to the lane, he probably gets fouled. 
And I think early on in his career, it really bothered him. It frustrated him and even took him out of the game sometimes. And I think that's what happens to Luca. He gets so frustrated that he doesn't get these calls that he takes himself out of the game. He takes himself out of rhythm. But he's got to learn he's just not going to get the whistle the way he should. And when you watch the highlights or the replays, he is getting fouled. But because he's so big and strong, he doesn't move. He doesn't get pushed out of the way very often. And so the refs hold their whistle. If he were to do a James Harden and just kind of flail his arms up there, he might get some of these whistles. Um, but he just doesn't do that. And uh, because he's such a big guy, he he's getting hit really hard. He's not moving anywhere. And so the refs decide not to call it. But Luke is going to have to learn he's not going to get those whistles all the time. And he's just going to have to find a way to live with that. And Mavs fans are going to have to find a way as well to live with the fact that he complains to the officiating. It's just what superstars do. If you look at any superstar in history, that's what they do. Why? Because in a lot of times, they're right. They're such gifted offensive players that they could probably blow the whistle every single time they drove it into the lane. But you just can't do that. Now, Luka gets to the free throw line. Last year, he averaged 90 games, so he is getting calls. Now, could he average a little more? Probably. If he were more of a flailer like James Harden, he might get some of these whistles a little bit more. But as far as him complaining, he's just it's just the way it's going to be. Now, what you want to see from him is less complaining during the gameplay. because and And really, he's done a lot better job this year as far as complaining while the, the the play is still going. And then he doesn't get back on defense, and the Mavericks have one of the worst transition defenses in the league. Now, it's not quite the same this year uh, as it was uh, last year, and, and you see the direct correlation. Luka doesn't complain as much after he doesn't get the whistle. He is getting back. Now, he does complain from time to time. He just loses it, and tonight he got a technical foul. But again, he is getting fouled. To have one free throw attempt with all the drives that he has to the basket, with all the guys he's got draped on his back, you're telling me he only got fouled one time during that stretch? It's ridiculous. So he is getting fouled. A lot of times his complaints are legit. He's just going to have to find a way to play through it, not let it take him out of his game. And then he's also going to have to find the right time to to talk to the officials. But again, I thought overall tonight, uh, despite the poor shooting night from him, uh, the, the six turnovers, he played fairly well, I guess. He had a triple-double, so it's hard to say that he didn't have a good game, but he just didn't shoot very well. You didn't see the same Luka we saw in Denver and Houston. Again, I think it's because the Magic were just better at executing the, the trap uh, at the top of the key. But it shows, you know, what teams are doing this year against the Mavericks. This isn't the first time now that we've seen this double team, this trap that they're they're putting on Luke at the top of the key. Teams are doing that more and more, and a lot of it's because KP is out, and so teams are basically saying Luke is not going to beat us. These other teams are gonna, ha- these other players are gonna have to to beat us. And early early in the season, it was working because the Mavericks are, they weren't hitting open shots. Now, it's, it's kind of balancing out a little bit now. Uh, Luke is punishing them a little bit more. Uh, you see his assist numbers have gone up, partly because 
really the the players are are hitting more of their shots than they did early in the season. But where this is going to hurt you is in big games and against playoff caliber teams and in the playoffs, you don't make shots at the same rate that you do in the playoffs uh, that you do in the regular season. And certain players hit their shots in the playoffs where it, you know, they may not do that in the regular season. And so if the Mavericks don't get a quality backup big to back up Porzingis, then they're going to have some trouble because obviously when Porzingis is back in the starting lineup, I would be shocked if any team double teamed Luca off that screen with Porzingis being the outlet because then Porzingis is just going to kill them. So you'll probably see that stop. The moment Porzingis misses a game due to rest or, you know, for crying out loud, he gets he gets injured again, they're going to go right back to the trap and that's going to be the end of the Mavericks season. So they have to find a quality backup big that can punish teams for double-teaming Luka. And I, I don't think that Colley Stein or Dwight Powell are, are putting any fear into the opposing teams. In fact, they're, they're quite happy with Powell shooting a three or Willie Colley Stein trying to drive it. So they have to do something there. Now, I think there's players available that that can help. I, one guy I, I really think the Mavericks, I, I, I think really the Mavericks should try to get both Al Horford and George Hill from Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City has no need for them. They don't want them. They want to lose as many games as possible. They want to get first-round picks and get rid of these good players. So George Hill and Al Horford are just sitting there waiting for a team, a playoff-caliber team, to pick them up. Now, the reason the Mavericks will not do it is because Horford is making $20 million a year. And I understand, as a Mavs fan, you're probably like, that's a lot of money. But they're not going to sign anybody. This free agency class this year, anyways, isn't any good now that Giannis is gone. It's just a bunch of old stars at the end of their career. And they're not going to sign any of them anyways. So let's just be real there. Let's start getting some quality players now. Bringing in Al Horford, I think, would be a perfect backup center for Kristaps Porzingis. He's a guy that can punish you if you leave him open. He is a quality defender and rebounder. He's been in big playoff games. He is twice as good, at least, as Dwight Powell. And Dwight Powell is making $10 million a year. If you can pay Dwight Powell $10 million a year, you can pay Al Horford twenty. Now, again, the Mavericks won't do it because of that $20 million, and they want to keep their cap space because they're going to sign a lot of good guys one year, one of these years, and, and it, it just won't be this year. And George Hill, I think, is another guy. Oklahoma City has no need for him. They don't want him. He doesn't want to be there. He wants to be on a contending team or at least a playoff team. The Mavericks, I think, need a better backup point guard. I, I know people love Jalen Brunson, and I like him too. I just don't think Brunson is consistent enough. I want a guy that can play big in big games. He's also a really good defender. He's a really good three-point shooter. And he is a quality veteran backup point guard. And I think if you're bringing Horford, Tim Hardaway, and George Hill off your bench, you are a contender. And I just... You're going to have to pay, though. You're going to have to pay somebody at some point. 
You can't continue to sign one-year deals and keep going You know, every free agency thinking that you're going to get that guy. It's just not going to happen. You're going to have to pay somebody. And I just think that Horford and Hill you can get for Josh Green and a first-round pick in the future. And maybe you have to throw in Dwight Powell to make the money work. I don't know. Do it. The Thunder have no need for them. And somebody's going to get them. One of these playoff teams, especially as we get to the trade deadline and these playoff teams start to realize what it is they're kind of lacking, somebody's going to trade for them and it's going to bolster them and and the Mavericks are going to lose out because they don't want to pay anybody a dime or pay them for more than one year. And so I think that's the frustration and that's ultimately going to hurt the Mavs if Porzingis isn't going to be able to play consistently. Now I want him to, obviously, him and Luca can be a, a ridiculous duo for many years to come, but you got to get some kind of insurance policy just in case Porzingis doesn't play consistently. You got to have somebody to back him up. And and right now, Willie Cauley-Stein and Dwight Powell is not the answer, especially if you are trying to make long, deep playoff runs. You got to have good players. And Trey Burke is, I think, I, I love what he did tonight, but to me, this is Trey Burke's role. Trey Burke is the kind of guy that you bring in every now and then when you need a spark or when your backs are against the wall, or you have injuries and you just need someone to step up in a game, he's got that mindset that he has this ability to turn it on unexpectedly and, and go off for a big night. He can't do it every single night, though. This is, this is the reason why he wasn't even in the league when the Mavericks signed him. He just can't. He, he doesn't have the ability to do it every night because teams can game plan for him. Uh, they know what his skill sets are. So they don't allow him to, to beat them. But when he doesn't play every single night, teams aren't going to be game planning against him very often. And then you throw him out there when you're down by 10 against a really bad team and you just need a lightning a lightning bug. Go in there and, and just help your offense get going a little bit because the team's just kind of having an off night, kind of like what you saw tonight. You know, Brunson is out. Josh Richardson is out. Dorian is out. The Mavericks were were down a lot of guys. You needed somebody to step up. Trey Burke has that ability. I just don't think he can be a consistent every night kind of guy. Obviously, I hope I'm wrong. I just think the Mavericks, I think there's there's better quality players available out there just, you know, an hour north of here with Oklahoma City. And I, I think the Mavericks should go after them. And I know again it it hurts your free agency. This summer, but adding George Hill and Al Horford and having Tim Hardaway come off your bench, it makes you a contending team. But we'll see what happens with the the trades. But just going back to the night again tonight, it was an ugly game. Uh, thankfully, the Mavericks came out with a victory. You don't want to have losses against Chicago, Charlotte, and uh, the Magic pile up. Because late in the season, when seeding becomes a real problem, you, you would like to have home court or you'd like to be a top four seed. Now, I don't know how much of that matters this year with uh, without fans in the stands, but you don't want to be a seventh seed going against a two seed again. You want to be the fifth seed going against the fourth seed or the fourth seed going against the fifth seed. It gives you a better chance at winning because you're not playing that such a higher quality of opponent. And last year, even though the Clippers 
The Clippers weren't very good in the playoffs last year. I know the Mavericks took them to six games, and nobody expected them to do that, but the Clippers got eliminated the very next round, so it's not like they were the same Clipper team that we were expecting. The Mavericks were just fortunate to get a team that wasn't really together. They didn't have a lot of good chemistry, and Luka hit a a ridiculous buzzer beater that, that tied the series up. You don't want to go against them again especially if they have it together and uh, you want to get a higher seat. So you have to have wins like tonight against the Magic because you already lost against the Bulls and uh, against Charlotte. But I think that's it uh, for the Mavericks uh, tonight against the Magic. Uh, Their next game, I believe, is against Charlotte. Let me confirm that. Um, the Mavericks play again against the Pelicans on Monday night. So we'll get the great, the all-time great superstar Zion Williamson and uh, against Luka Doncic. And Zion will be getting his own shoe from the Jordan brand soon because Zion is, is so awesome and he's done so much and he's led his team to so many victories and, and he's had all these triple doubles and, you know, he's such a great player. He gets his own shoe, and hopefully Luca one day will be as good as Zion will get his own shoe uh, from Jordan Brand. But that's who they play next. Let's hope uh, we have – I don't know the COVID protocol. I think it's four days, so I doubt we'll have our starters back. So I don't know uh, what the Mavericks are going to do. Um, we'll see. Thankfully, the Pelicans aren't a very good defensive team, so maybe Luca can carry them in that one. But having and I don't know when Porzingis is coming back. You know, he looks fine. Uh, he he's practicing. He said he was ready to start the season. I I understand you want to be cautious, but I mean, to me, it's getting a little ridiculous. You know, I so we'll see. Maybe Porzingis will be back uh, against the Pelicans, but chances are it won't be. So we'll see. Until then, I will talk to you guys later. And again, make sure you listen to our podcast, Dallas Hoops Fancast, every Sunday with Sydney and I. Until then, I will talk to you guys later. Thanks. Bye.